two, Jeff Cameron Show. Happy Labor Day, everybody. Salute to you. Thanks for listening to the program. It is great to be with you today. What an atmosphere last night. If you were there, you know what I'm talking about. If not, I hope it uh, shone through on the uh, television. I believe that it did from those that I've talked to who watched at home. How, how was the uh, announcing crew there, Tom, last night? I, I didn't hear them. I was there in attendance, obviously. But uh, what was the, were they any good? Joe Test do all right? Yeah, Tess was fine. Obviously, it was a great game for him to call because oh, he it was couldn't a close have been more one. excited. Yeah, yeah. Uh, McElroy uh, got a little carried away with uh, the Notre Dame safety. His name escapes me, but uh, Hamilton. Yeah, uh, Kyle Hamilton. He's uh, one of the best players in the country. Though. He, but he likened him to a better version of Taylor Mays in college, and then said Ed Reed. Like so, it was like, all right, all right, I got you, I got you. And then they went to a graphic about the four pillars of what it means to be an elite safety, and according to the kid. So they made sure to hit on that message. He did make an incredible <laughs> interception. That's absurd. It's it's not a bad throw. It's no, you know, it's not. I kind of felt Thank bad. You. I was wondering what you'd say about no, that. No, it's not a bad throw. It's a touchdown uh, most days. It's a touchdown. It, it's just listen, that kid's a special player. Everybody highlighted him coming into the season. We did too on the pregame show. I what are you going to do? He's that kind of player. He has the requisite speed. To go across the field, I mean, that, that's an amazing play. It's, it's, it's yeah. a top five play you're going to see all year. No, you're covering 30-plus yards. It's dumb. You know, it's, and what uh, Jordan does in that situation is brilliant, and this is where he's really good, is he buys time. He sees that the safety on his side of the field has come down near the line of scrimmage. So he's creating that window. Corbin gets up the sideline. And then when you make that throw, you don't want to overthrow him. Just complete the pass, and it's going to be a touchdown. You don't expect Jesus to be coming from the other side. Touchdown, Jesus himself. The good thing that happened in that play was he took his helmet off. I wonder if he thought he was on the other sideline, his own sideline, because that 15 yards was was impactful. Yeah, it, it ended up being an arm punt. Yeah, it ended up being impactful, but he he's a special player. And they have a few guys that really flash when you watch them. Notre Dame's got players now. That's, again, another reason that you're pretty damn happy with being in that game late after being down 18 points, getting off to the start that Florida State got off to, which is as bad as you could get off to um, if you're trying to find confidence. So, you know, they fought. They played well. Uh, There are areas where they can – you know, coaches love it when – now, look, you want to win the game. You want to win every game that you play. Norvell was quick to point that out, too, which I appreciate. No moral victories for him. Wants to win the damn game. Players want to win the damn game. Gotcha. But we can afford to be objective as we look at this. We can afford to take a look at the bigger picture and understand that there were vast improvements from a year ago. And we can understand that there was something to like about what you saw and that it will bode well for the future. In the interim, you know, I I think – and I want to answer this question too because you asked what I thought about that throw, and I meant to get to that last hour. We documented a lot of things that we liked about last night and a couple that we didn't. But the question, the biggest question people have is the fourth and two going for it uh, at your own 30 in the third quarter. And here's, I have a theory on this. Would you do that, all things being equal, would you do that if you felt like you had the team to compete to win uh, and, and defer, if you will, to the next series? Would you do that if your defense... Um, didn't look as tired as ours did in that moment because the offense had begun to sputter. They began to rat trap. They had had consecutive three and outs, I do believe. I think the answer is no. I think the answer is no. Now, what I will say is that it is in line with everything he's done since he's arrived, and I believe there's a motive for this. 
when you're trying to flip culture, you may buck statistically the odds in order to send a message to your team about belief in them. You may have to take risks you wouldn't otherwise take knowing that it's not a level playing field and you're not where you need to be and that occasionally you need to do something that bucks the numbers. And I get it. I know the counters. I think think when this team is where they want it to be, you won't see it as much. Now, he's going to be aggressive. He's going to play to win the game. He's not worried about – there's a (laughs) – this is kind of never talked about by coaches, but it is something of a reality. And that is, in certain situations, when the game flow and the obvious matchup problems that you have seem to reveal that we're going to have to fight to keep this from getting ugly. You make certain choices that allow for more clock to come off the, you know, more time to come off the clock and that the game is shortened. And that you aren't really truly playing to win the game in that moment but to avoid being blown out. Coaches do that when they're trying to change perception, when they're trying to rebuild, when they're trying to uh, mend Fragile egos and, 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 and those lacking confidence. Hey, we only lost by 14. You go to a recruit. Yeah, we played the number nine team in the country and lost by you know a couple touchdowns. We're, we're you and a couple other players away from that being that gap being closed and all that. Mike hasn't done that since he arrived. Last year was a nothing throwaway year. He said, screw it, I'm going for it every chance I get. I, I, want, I want these guys to know I trust them, I believe in them. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But we threw caution to the wind all through last year. Again, in a nothing season, go for it, go for it, go for it. I, I thought last year I had no problem with that. You're trying to establish a new way of thinking, a new identity. It involves aggressiveness. It involves trust. It involves belief. You're going to take those statistics and throw them out the window and say, screw it. I'm going to give you the best chance to win here. We'll take some chances, possess the ball a little bit longer. If we convert, maybe we got a chance to make this a game into the fourth quarter. Uh, if not, hey, look, we're probably going to lose this game anyhow. He's not going to ever say that. No coach is ever going to say that. But they do it. And I think, I think that's what he's doing. I think he's trying to send, overwhelmingly so, the message, I trust you, I believe in you. Because I don't think it's the right call there, but I also think that, that it's part of a bigger picture. Yeah, I was nervous about it because the implications of it for the recruits that were in attendance were massive. I, that that was real gumption because you, you can't erase what the first half was. You can't erase that and the feeling in the building and yeah. the noise and the atmosphere. And those kids are going to remember that. But if it did lead to a chain reaction of events like you were worried about all last week in which Notre Dame scores, because you don't get it, 38-20, 45-20, 45-23, 52-23. Yeah, sure. And that's sure. the final – what are they going to say? They're going to say they played really well for a half and they were in that game and they're obviously better up front and that they've got a long ways to go still. And I think you can say some of those same things even after a three-point overtime loss. Yes, you, you can, but you're still trying to convince kids who sometimes they look at the results more than the process and they yes, put they, it in oh, risk. Kids so, definitely do, yes. So I thought there was big-picture risk in that call. Now, the thing I like about Norvell is he reminds me of some stories I heard about maybe a friend of mine in, in elementary school. Quick to punch guy. He is quick to punch guy. He will go. He's not afraid. He's like, oh, you want to do this? All right, boom, here we go. But still, there's five minutes to go in the third quarter there. And and while I understand the defense was tired, well, your worst nightmare happened. It was almost self-fulfilling in that moment. It's two plays later, they're in the end zone. So, like, the air was completely out of the building. I thought, 
it risked washing away a ton of the goodwill that was built up. And if you wanted to argue in a backwards way that it might have cost you the game, it, it might have cost you the game. So might have missing an extra point, and you know they got 30, that back with a two point. They did, but they had to do that, and then thirty-seven yard field goal was missed. I mean, that's. I don't know that I would believe it's the number one. Well, I know I don't believe it's the number one reason that we lost the football game. But I mean, that is a seven point swing for cheapy points, and at the end, every point mattered greatly. I would argue that if they punt there, Notre Dame gets the ball and goes down the field and scores anyhow, and it takes them more time because our defense is exhausted and they would have had further to go. It's quite possible. That's clearly fewer, what he was coaching against. And you're against. getting fewer possessions at that point, and he's saying, no, I want – no, I, I'm telling you, I think he thought the defense was absolutely exhausted, and they were. The offense had done nothing with the t- previous two possessions, and he said, screw it, it's two yards. I'm going to make this play. And actually, Jordan – well, I'd, I'd have to be in the film room with, with Coach Norvell. I, I don't know this for it's sure. close. I, I think Jordan made the mistake. Cam was the target. It, there was a window. You have to let him try to make the catch in traffic. It was going to be close. From what I saw on the wire cam, but you got to let the ball go there. I mean, you got to make something happen. Yeah, that was the hard part about that. Uh, yeah, it's it's debatable. It's it, it's debatable. It's as not to- the story to take away from last night's game. The number one thing I see from fans is hyper focusing on a singular play or moment in a game, and then extrapolating that to mean they lost because of a singular play or moment. And it's not the way football games are played or won and lost. Very rarely is that the case. There are occasional times in which you could say, "Well, it all led to this, and you did that, and we lost." Sure. Uh, for example, the Green Bay Packers at home with an opportunity to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and choose to kick a field goal and give the ball back to a six-time Super Bowl champion uh, was really quite stupid. Uh, the other thing I would note that uh, is Aaron Rodgers' decision not to try to run it in. Yeah, that uh, that decision to kick it doesn't age well. No. <laughs> it, it only gets worse with time. Yeah. The one thing, and this is where the fourth down is is logical, going for it on fourth. If you're going wildcat on third and five, that's where anybody you're, you're who's alert to the world that you're running two plays that's here. That's correct. That's yeah, correct. Of course, he yeah. basically made the announcement by the play call before. That was the shocky part. When it's wildcat again, I go, oh wow, yeah, this is too, it. Yeah, he's going. This for is it. the game. But I think he knows they're at a crossroads there, and he's also at a crossroads in trying to establish this team with real confidence and, and infuse them with, hey, I'm not just telling you I believe in you. Look at this nonsense. I believe you. We're going to do this. Correct. That is the biggest positive takeaway. He's not protecting things there. He's not protecting egos, and he's not protecting the he, the recruits and, and the perception of what they saw in the stands. He's saying, the hell with that. I'm trying to win the football game tonight. It's not about I've done enough. We need to win the game. That's doing enough. You know, the big takeaway isn't just that this team is much better, and it's not just that they played in a way that you can get excited about moving forward. It's that that was as big a home run as you could have possibly had for what is a recruiting class that has us all very excited about the possibility of raising the floor and changing what's possible here over the next four years by getting those verbals to become signs on the line that it's dotted. And uh, or signatures on the line, which is dotted. That that that's how how incredible was it last night that those guys experienced that atmosphere, those moments. It was palpable the energy. You know that there's there's not a single recruit that was there last night that couldn't have thought, holy hell. Well, there are different ways though to get to forty one thirty eight that could impact your atmosphere. For example, if it's two bad defenses and you're going no, up and down right. the field. The energy's not the same as when you get downhill and you hit and you finish and you swarm to the ball and you see the emotion through the defense. That's the odd part about this game. 21 points off of turnovers, mm-hmm. the three points 
in overtime for Notre Dame. That's how you get to the 41. Because by and large, the way the defense played is the thing that resonates with me most about this game. Despite giving up 41. Got a couple of... uh... Well, 41 is not 41 from 10 years ago either. Correct. We continue to talk about that. It's 41 in overtime in the modern game where teams score a ton of points. I mean, Ohio State's defense, we would say, littered with really good players. How many points did they give up to Minnesota? All right. You know, it's a different deal. It's a it's a different era of football. Uh, they're, they're worlds apart from where they were a year ago, just nowhere on the field, guys running free. There, there's no doubt about that. Well, there were two things that, you know, really irked me up to the point where Notre Dame converts on the 3rd and 17, and that's the thing where I was actually furious. That's where I get mad. You're bringing a house in that situation? You don't need to. What are we doing? That's a draw all day. That's underneath all day. I, I get the emotion of the moment, but it's your job not to be emotional when you make that call. Trying to force a mistake that and was change the, it and flip it. Yeah, That I, was I the agree. thing that pissed the hell I, I was way, way more angry about that than I was the communication stuff. Because like you're talking about first game of the season, if you're late on a call, if you're late getting signals in and you're rotating bodies, you don't want it to happen, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I would also just say this on the screen call on 3rd and 17. It's a great call, but it's an obvious call. You're right. I mean, it's a, it's a good play call. A lot of people run screens and draws in that situation. Your players have to be smarter. They do, but this is, this is why it's your job to be smart for them as well because – in that situation, Notre Dame has backup left tackle in the game. I don't know if that was because of injury or merit or whatever, but you know the freshman, he's out. They've got a backup player at left tackle. You don't need to bring extra people. Yeah, Quayshon Fuller just dominated he back-to-back just dominated plays, back-to-back plays. And I don't know that he did anything really special. He did what he was supposed to do, but it wasn't like he had to come up with this great move to get off the line of scrimmage and get around you know, uh, Orlando Pace or somebody like that. Yeah, I think the, the part about when I say they need to be smarter is that Game reps, game experience, maybe if that's not the first game of the year, there are uh, not-so-subtle clues that you just entered the backfield untouched. (laughs) In that moment, if you watch games... Now listen, we're talking about the difference between pro teams and college teams, but watch pro defensive linemen the second they're given carte blanche into the backfield. What do they do? They stop. And they back up because they know. This is all wrong. They know. It's all wrong for us, baby. <laughs> You're right. This right. should not have happened. Yeah. We're walking into a trap. The best example in college that I can think of is Auburn, Florida State. It's the uh, halfback screen to Devonta Freeman on the game-winning touchdown drive. It's a defensive end for Auburn that realizes and says, ooh, wait a minute, this is wrong. And he ends up making, making the, the play, play in a pursuit. Yeah. In yeah. pursuit. It might actually help us win that game because if we scored on the screen, who knows? <laughs> last, last team with the ball. But I hear what you're saying, but you don't need to bring the overload there. Was it seven guys? Yeah. What are we doing? It's a really good night in general, I think, for Coach Fuller. I just hated the hell out of that call. Yeah, I think the the I think that we're at a place where you're going to see mistakes made, and that's one thing, and you assess those mistakes and then hope that players learn from that, especially because in certain positions we're playing a lot of younger guys. It's the first game of the year. you got to factor that into. But if we're just talking about the big picture here, if you ask me, was I much more impressed with this year's defense in a 41-point game where they give up 41 oh, Yes, 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 because they're outmanned uh, by and large, and run fits are there. Coverage, for the most part, is there. You have a busted coverage for the first touchdown. Is that the lone bust? Uh, I mean, if you want to count. I mean, I'm talking about a complete bust. where We had one or two others. But yeah, maybe one more. It, well, nothing was as bad as that. No, that's just a, they're late getting it in, and it's a complete bust. But they're no, no I'm talking about the bust last. Think about the Louisville game. Mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah. No guys yeah. know what they're doing, and yeah, they're it's triggering. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, there's there, there's two great catches where coverage is great. There's nothing wrong with coverage. Um, the one, like again, we talked about it a lot today, but Jack Cohn drops a dime over there on that right side. That's a perfect throw, and he gets credit for it. And then you have the play where it's underthrown and not intentionally, and you know Travis Jay gets turned around, and it's it's a nice play by the receiver, but it's a little unlucky, is that, what that is. That's the gif where you have the expression like, "Come on, man." Yeah, I was like, what are you doing, yeah. man? Come on, you're not calling glass there. Yeah, What's yeah, going on? Yeah, here? yeah, yeah. That was I was kind of like you. Now, if you're him, you're like, "Oh no, all day, baby." I knew, I knew I had to, I knew I had to throw it short. Like, intentionally. My scout was that he'll test you outside the numbers, but come on, man. That's <laughs> no, no, no. He made like five better throws than that. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Jeff Cameron 93.3 Real Talk Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply still got time I'll tell you time for what, as it is the summer of more life with my friends at Orange Theory Fitness. Got to find a way to get in there tonight. Uh, summer of more life uh, all the way through September the 30th. So that's what I mean by more time. First class is always free if you're interested. Uh, if you if you want to join your first month free with the purchase of a heart rate monitor, that's a real good deal too. If you're an active member and you refer a friend or you upgrade uh, through September the 30th, You'll get discounted membership prices over the next three months. If you're a member that uh, is is reactivating, you unfreeze your account, if you will, uh, you'll get uh, reduced prices over the next three months. Elite members, $30 off for three months. Premier members, $50 off for three months. If you have more questions, just contact the studio there, 850-895-9683, or go to orangetheoryfitness.com. IrishFL, Warchant.com, going to join us shortly in, what, about 10 minutes or so? Yeah, a little less than 10 minutes, yeah. Uh, I know he uh, and everybody else had to be uh, pleased. I know just in, from a professional standpoint, removing the fan hat here for a second. It's nice to cover a team that's got a shot each week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to be nice to cover a team, just as I know it is, to watch a team uh, that cares as much as that one does. We were bordering on um, indifference uh, week in and week out a year ago. Complete indifference. And the year before. Indifference. Yeah, that's one thing I can tell you just from looking at the interactions on the post-game show. Well, shoot, the pre-game show, the number's there, and you can see the traffic on the website. It's an indicator of fan interest. Sure, it's something that the business side of the operation looks at and looks at closely, but it's an indicator of how invested are you. And even after the close loss, a lot of activity. There's still a ton of activity. We're in a holiday, and there's a ton of people uh, tuning into this program right now. People saw that game, and they said, we're getting better. And the question was, 
would that be enough to hold fan interest or had apathy set in so much that you need a win in order to believe? I think the answer to that's no. You didn't need a win. You needed what we got last night at minimum, and we got it. Yeah, would have loved to have had it because you like to see that kind of uh, heart rewarded. It will be in time. I think with the offseason discussions, a lot of where we concluded every one of those segments where we decided to talk about Florida State and where they are at in the process and how to evaluate Mike Norvell and his staff, I think invariably it, it got to a place where we would end those conversations by noting fans have to have a reason to believe. They just have to because they've been really hurt. You know, Jimbo basically decides before that final season, especially after the injury to DeAndre Francois, that he's out, that he's done. He's so the, the, the relationship off the field with the boosters and the powers that be had become acrimonious. And so a very short period of time transpired from being in the penthouse and going to the outhouse. You know, you go from being a national champion and having back-to-back regular season undefeated campaigns. You're even pretty good in 2015. But you, you, you go through all of all of this, you know, and you and all of a sudden you're kind of irrelevant and it feels that way. And then you want to buy in because Willie Taggart said all the right things, certainly embraced the traditions, uh, went on the tour where you, you go and you talk to boosters and alumni and he, he was able to connect. Um, I know he's a dynamic recruiter or has been. And so you thought, OK, well, there's there's good reason to believe. Unfortunately, um, I think he misread the room a little bit uh, in terms of his players, and there's sort of a disjointed a kind little of bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. He oh, misread boy. the room, and that leads to a lack of buy-in from the players, uh, along with um, overwhelming evidence that uh, that uh, things aren't as buttoned up as they need to be. You know, you hear that from recruits and recruits' parents, most importantly. That's less about an opinion of what I see on the field. It's more about what I'm hearing from recruits and recruits' parents. That's never good because the thing that was going to get you out of this was to build it back up through recruiting. Uh, And so they decide to do something fairly controversial and make a change pretty shortly uh, after having made the hire. That only sets you back further by definition. So whether you're for it or against it, it's irrelevant because the bottom line is they decide as an administration to go that route and make the change. So now all of a sudden you're on your third coaching staff in four years, and then you have a COVID season. So your, your, your new staff doesn't even really get to connect and, and coach in the spring. They don't have a spring. And then they obviously go through a season on eggshells with COVID and opt-outs and injuries and things of that ilk. And so everything is a disaster for, in essence, over three years, you're just sitting around thinking, well, what can I hold on to? What can I latch on to that gives me hope for the future? What? How soon am I going to see a sign that things can be better? And last night represented that sign. And, and I think for the fans, they wanted to believe, because every fan base does. Nobody wants to believe they're going to suck forever. So they're, they're going to buy in. They're, they're inclined to buy in. Of course, the rhetoric coming out of uh, a camp was, was good. was good. That buy-in was there. That work ethic was there. That commitment was there. You know, players talked about it. The coaches talked about it. Uh, you know, you kind of followed along with the climb and thought, oh, oh, this seems to be moving in the right direction. But you need to see evidence on a football field against a really good team. You need to see them in the spotlight with a lot of pressure on them come through and show that they had improved physically, mentally, 
and that there's real fight there. There's not false bravado, that you're not celebrating things that you really haven't earned, but rather you're emboldened by your work ethic, like we talked about. And I think that evidence was there last night. That's what that represented. And the atmosphere, it was, it was electric for the first time in a long time, and it was rewarded. And recruits got to see it too. And so today is a day where, again, no moral victories, but there is overwhelming evidence they're better and that they're moving in the right direction. The key now will be to continue working hard, improving in the areas where there's obvious deficiencies, uh, find a way to get that class signed, and win the games you're supposed to win. You know, go don't don't take a big step back by losing at Wake Forest. That's we circled the game there before the go. season began. That's right. And we said win or lose with Notre Dame, the Wake game was going to be huge because if you're buttoned up and focused and working hard and improving and you've got the right attitude and you continue to fight and get better, you'll win that game. You lose it, you're one and two, and anything you saw last night while encouraging will be in the minds of many undone with a loss against Wake Forest. Irish Chaffel will join us next for Chant.com. Looking forward to talking to him. His observations. It's Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Opportunity now to welcome in my buddy, cohort, Irish Chaffel, WarChant.com, the website. Working late last night. Everybody was, but uh, I think rewarding. I think I think it was a rewarding experience. Hello, Ira. How are you, brother? I'm great, Jeff. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I, I finally see what the fans wanted to see, what we all wanted to see, whether we're covering this thing, rooting for this team, whatever it might be. We saw resiliency. We saw fight. We saw evidence of progress. We saw uh, an, uh, an electrified uh, atmosphere at Doak, and um, it kind of gave me goosebumps. I went last night. Uh, with, with my pops, Ira, and sat there and, and cheered it on, and, and I thought it was uh, a lot of fun. And I think most importantly, uh, there is, it's an overused term, uh, real proof of concept there. The team, the team buy-in was overwhelmingly evident. I think that was the takeaway from the game last night. Do you agree? Yeah, I think that was a big one. And I think, you know, one of the coolest things about that whole game to me was the fact that the students didn't leave when it was 38-20. to 20. That's right. Um you know, the fans in general, but particularly the students, who are usually going to be the first ones to head out. Because, uh, you know, they haven't made the five-hour drive or six-hour drive to Tallahassee, so they're not usually quite as committed. And uh, when everybody stayed when it was 38-20, to 20, I thought, you know, I, I, I was impressed by that at the time, but I think it speaks to what you're talking about. This team was more likable. This team, the way they played, the fact that they, um, you know, were kind of gritty on defense. They weren't perfect, but they were kind of gritty on defense. They made some really tough plays. Um, the fact that, you know, the running game was good and, uh, you know, you saw guys make individual plays. You saw some bright spots from some young players like Ja'Kai Douglas and some of those guys we've been talking about. So I think all of that kind of made people feel like, okay, there's a team worth cheering for. And then they got rewarded with the big comeback in the fourth quarter. So yeah, man, it was cool. It was, it was, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, I think we were all kind of looking at this season as a, as a, you know, as a, as kind of a starting point for Mike Norvell and his staff. And now, you know, you kind of really can't wait to see where it goes from here. Well, and it, it, let's be honest, where it goes from here is you continue to update depth chart, relative health, because this game is is a game that Florida State will win whether they play well or not. But all of a sudden, we've done it all off season. You just can't undo all the progress we witnessed last night. you got to be able to go on the road in a couple weeks and, and knock off Wake Forest because then it becomes even more tangible and folks begin to believe that this team is is capable of winning more than they lose, 
and they're they're still on that path. Was there was there any one thing about last night's game or a player, if you'd like, uh, that you'd point to and say that surprised me? And was there anything that concerns you moving forward? Um, yeah, I think there were a couple players offensively, or you know, just in general, that surprised me surprised me pleasantly. Quayshon Fuller, mm-hmm. um, he's a guy that you know came in with some hype, uh, but we really hadn't seen it during his first two years on campus. He came in really heavy. Uh, has transformed his body, and we saw a few flashes here and there, but to see him have back-to-back big plays in that game where one on a run and, and one getting a sack, um, I, he just looked explosive. I mean, he looked like a guy that can really help them off the edge, which is a big deal because not only, you know, Keir Thomas and Jermaine Johnson are doing a great job, and they're going to be huge pieces of this team this year, but they're only one-year guys. And so to have some of those younger guys uh, step up is is impressive. And I thought it, it was a big night for Kalen DeLoach. Um, you know, he's a guy that back going back to the spring, there was a lot of hype, or not a lot of hype, but the coaches were really happy about what they saw at him in the spring. It continued into the preseason, and I think it was probably big for him to go out there and play well. You know, he got the start last year against Georgia Tech and did not play well and barely played for the rest of the season. Um, so I think that was a big deal for him, and obviously they need help at, at linebacker. <clears throat> you know, the one concern I have a little bit is uh, – you know, I really want to see Travis Jay make some plays. Um, you know, he I, I think he's got the ability. They think he could be an NFL corner. Um, he was in position to make plays, just didn't finish the plays. And, and so, um, you know, I'm curious to see how he handles that. Does he does he look at it like, man, I was right there, now I just got to finish the play? Or does he get discouraged because uh, he was on the short end of the stick on a couple of those really big plays last night? So that's a guy that I expect a lot more from. Maybe it's uh, – too much to ask in his first start at corner. Yeah, I, I think the encouraging aspect uh, to, to look at it uh, from a positive standpoint is that he was in position to make a lot of plays. The coverage wasn't lacking. We didn't see these guys just running free down the field outside of that first uh, blown coverage uh, on the tight end. Uh, he, he's in position to make plays. I thought he'd get a little unlucky on the one touchdown. Uh, it's an underthrow. I don't believe Jack Cohn did that intentionally. Uh, and, right. and he's sprinting to the back corner of the end zone, and he has to stop, and he kind of gets turned around. The kid makes a nice play. Uh, and another one's a perfect throw to give Jack Cohn credit on that right corner of the end zone. Uh, that's a perfect throw, and he just gets beat by a better throw. So, I don't know. I, I like that he was there. I'm with you. I'm expecting big things out of him. But I saw a lot of pieces in that secondary, and I know that might not stand to reason. When you look at the numbers, people would say, really? Uh, 41 points and those passing yards? But I, those guys are in position. And I also thought all of the secondary was willing to come up and hit. That was, man, that was really encouraging. And uh, it's one of the things I wrote about in my 3 one piece as well that's going to be posted on the website. But um, I thought you know Jarvis Brownlee, Jamie Robinson, and, and we can't forget that Jamie Robinson wasn't available in the first half because of a stupid targeting thing yeah. where he, he was called for targeting in the last game at South Carolina at a different school and he had to sit out the first half. Um, but he had some big hits, um, Jarvis Brownlee and, and um, Sidney Williams is a guy who plays fast. Yes. Yeah. He needs to clean up a couple things, but man, he, he's a physical player as well. So that was good to see. And, and then really the whole defense, I thought there was more aggression and violence from the defense last night than we've seen in man years. Um, so that was really encouraging. Yeah, now now to some of the areas where uh, certainly 
And you and I are going to get a chance to talk about this tonight. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, for those that don't know, let me get a, a little plug in here. Uh, Ira and I are teaming up to do a show on War Chant TV. You can watch it tonight at 7 o'clock. We'll be together talking about this game and looking ahead and some of the elements, plus reading questions and, and all that good stuff. It's called The Smash. Uh, it's it's me and Ira tonight at 7 o'clock on War Chant TV. So, Ira, we'll go back over some of this stuff. But uh, I'm interested in your thoughts on the quarterbacks. So... I thought Jordan Travis would play better than he did. Me too. Uh, obviously. Um, and uh, so that's disappointing because I do think he can play better than he, and I think he could play better than he, ha- than he has at any point. Um, he still, I thought, was better than he was last year as a passer. Um, just not as good as, as he had shown at times in practice and as, as good as they were hoping. He also didn't seem to kind of, you know, just watching him coming off the field, especially in the first half, a lot of times it looked like he wasn't, seeing what they thought he should be seeing, or uh, he was confused by what they were doing. Mike Norvell, after the game, said that you know, Notre Dame did some things that they you know, were not expecting. They, they did a good job of coaching and, and disguised some things and mixed some things up that Jordan wasn't ready for. So there's no, you know, that, 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 you know it's fair to point that out. At the same time, he, you know, he missed some throws. He's got a hit. And uh, so that was disappointing. Uh, you know, great. I mean, what an unbelievable story for Mackenzie Milton to come in in that opportunity and um, and make the most of it. I would say, though, the two things I would say, though, is, number one, the identity of this team is going to be the running game, uh, no matter who's their quarterback. Uh, I think the, the running game was super impressive. I liked all the backs. I thought the, the, the blocking was very good. Um, so that's a, that's a positive, no matter who's their quarterback. The other side of it is we need to remember that McKenzie, part of what makes McKenzie Milton's story so great is that he is coming back from that injury, which nobody's ever done before, as far as we know, and so there's no real telling how that leg is going to hold up over the course of the season. So I just would ur- urge people to not give up on Jordan Travis because I think there's a good chance he's going to need to be a big part of this team. I think they're going to need both of them, primarily because there'll be certain matchups where, once again, the offensive line in obvious passing situations cannot hold up. Uh, right. But but there are also other things that you know, of course, Jordan can do to help himself in that regard, and that McKenzie does do. So it will be fascinating all year long. We're going to be watching this very closely. Uh, looking forward to uh, being with you tonight, Ira, for the Smash at seven o'clock on Warchant TV. And uh, always appreciate it, brother. Be well. Same here, Jeff. Take care. All right, you too. That's uh, my good man, Irashfel, Warchant.com. Again, you'll see us tonight on Warchant TV, seven o'clock. We'll come back and. We got, we got plenty of time left here, right? 15 minutes? We're a little good. bit of probables. Ooh, probables. Here we go. Baseball not on the mind of many today, I have a suspicion. But uh, we did have an interesting series between the Giants and the Dodgers. Jeff Cabrera, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. I don't know if you saw this before we get to probables, but uh, I felt bad for I, I saw some some reports out of Notre Dame. They, they suffered some injuries in this game last night, Tom, um, and, and you're talking about that defense and, and, and wanting, if you're a Notre Dame fan, for them to get better, obviously. Uh, their linebacker, Paul Moa, tore his uh, Achilles. He's going to miss the remainder of the uh, of the season. Whoa. Right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's – is that – am I reading that correctly? I think I am, yeah. That is uh, – that was reported – on the on three side that I just looked up, so well, I, the thing we're looking for too for our account is uh, what is the offensive lineman situation like? You know, how do we come out of this game? Early whispers sound like things are a okay, but when you have uh, Dylan Gibbons leave late in the action, mm-hmm. obviously it did not look good initially the way he walked off the field. You never want to see somebody need that much help, 
And then DLT came out of the game when Dante Lucas was out there in the second half. You know, at, at center, the broadcast said, I don't know if you heard this part, but the broadcast said that Maurice Smith had been dealing with a back issue. Yeah, and he had missed some time and was trying to battle back to get out there, and he did everything he could to ready himself. Mike Norvell talked about that in the post game. I heard him mention that. Yep, he did. And then, which we saw in, in practice, and now we can, I suppose, discuss that. But yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I had seen in practice, and of course, we're not allowed to report on injuries that he had missed some time, and uh, you know, I didn't want to speculate because we're not allowed to, but also it's unfair. Uh, and and so then, it, it is not surprising to find out that he did everything he could to get out there, but uh, obviously had some struggles. They have got to, and I think this is universally agreed upon here. They have got to find a way to get somebody to snap the ball. In, I mean, these critical moments cannot be undone because of bad snaps, and you give yourself no chance to make a play. Who knows? They could win that game if we don't have a bad snap yeah. in, in that third down play. And we, I think we talked about that, just general camp observations, that snapping of the football is a bit of an issue. And that's a carryover thing. You know, It should be something simple, and when it's out, it's more noticeable than anything else. I mean, there was we got lucky early in the game. There was an errant snap that was between Treshawn Ward and Jordan Travis. And it goes off of Travis' right hand, bounces off of Treshawn, and it goes behind the left tackle. And somehow, some way, we get the ball back. They got lucky on a couple of those situations, but so did we. We've got to get that cleaned up, though. And we'll see, man. And, and I should note, since we're talking about the offensive line, that it is on schedule for tonight, Trench Talk. So we've got a lot of shows on War Chant TV boom, coming up boom. tonight. 6 p.m., Devontae Love-Taylor and Aslan Hadravandi will take to the stage on War Chan TV for Trench Talk, and then 7 o'clock is your show with Ira. So we're loaded up tonight. And I want to also note that the show that I'm on with Ira tonight at 7 o'clock would ordinarily be on Sunday evening. Yep, so good to point out. You guys are watching the end of the NFL on Sunday before the late game comes on, the, the night game. You could uh, settle in maybe around the dinner table and, uh, and watch Ira and I every Sunday evening. Uh, as we do Sunday Smash, uh, it, it's it, he and I, and we'll go back through what we saw and all that good stuff. So uh, I look, I look forward to doing that. But this because this is such a weird week, we're having to do it tonight. Unveil it tonight. A couple games already started. It's time for Probable's North Florida Payroll Services sponsors that locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today at NorthFloridaPayroll.com. It's time for. How you say? With the pitching, uh, probables? Baltimore leads Kansas City in the sixth. Little day baseball, Zach Lothar and Chris Bubik. Toronto and New York, they're in the seventh inning. That game is 2 to nothing. Toronto. Hyun Ryu going for the uh, Blue Jays. Jamison Tyon going for the Yanks. Mets Nats are underway. That is a 2-2 tie in the fifth inning. Trevor Williams and Patrick Corbin. Oh, you got Trevor Williams. I, uh, maybe I forgot. That. We've needed him. You know, anything under a 450 ERA is appreciated in the uh, the Big Apple right now. But we find a way to win these ball games. So. Boston and the Rays. Boston taking it to the Rays today, seven to one right now. That is uh, Yarbrough versus Chris Sale. You can call that a day. My Buckos lead 2-0 over the Tigers. That was Bryce Wilson starting for the Pirates. Tariq Skubel for the Tigers. Phillies, Brewers, Zach Wheeler, Brandon Woodruff. Reds Cubs, Sonny Gray, Justin Steele. Gigantes. Rockies, Kevin Gossman, Kyle Freeland. Dodgers, Cardinals, Max Scherzer, Miles Mikolas. Yes. Twins, Indians, 
That tested the voice. Yeah. It Bailey, responded, though. Bailey Ober, Logan Allen. Oh, I'm so excited. Seattle and Houston. Yusikaguchi. And Lance McCullers. <laughs> Love that guy. Rangers, Angels, AJ Alexi, and Jaime Berea. And that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Okay, all right. I got college sports book duty tonight. Going to talk with Spencer Holbrook from Ohio State site Letterman Row. Talk to Brent Hubs of VolQuest and some games that we'll be previewing on college sports book where I'm off to a great start. Uh, Ohio State and Oregon, as well as Tennessee and Pittsburgh. VolQuest? Is that right? Mm-hmm. That sounds like a magazine for gamers. You know? It does. It does. Or Did like, you get the new VolQuest? Or or some sort of superhero nonsense. Uh, yes. They've yes. got the perfect guide for the DLC. Mm-mm. They do? Get your hands on the VolQuest. I'm going to be really excited at some point this week to give out an opinion about the Cyhawk. The Cyhawk Trophy. Who's winning the Cyhawk? Uh, I thought that game would be in prime time, but it's kicking off at 4.30 Eastern, so it's good pregame. Ooh. It's pregame viewing for us ahead of our 8 p.m. kick. Yeah. No, Iowa looked exceptional Yep. in their 34-6 trouncing of Indiana. Everybody's uh, in love with Indiana in the offseason, and I'm telling folks, hey, 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 slow your roll. It's still Indiana. That was a COVID season last year. No wonder they won a bunch of games. So did you lean on the Hawks side of the Cyhawk trophy I'm pick? I'm getting points in that game. You're damn right I am. I'm feeling good about that. Very good about that. That's exciting. Uh, I'll be at some point looking at that game. You know, I will say it. I am not reveling in this because I do feel for people. I bright, I gave you the injury update there, but Michigan lost their top wide receiver, uh, the kid Bell, from for the season. He's out. Um, the Minnesota running back that we yeah. saw play so well is out for the rest of the season. Yeah, um, that was announced this morning. And they, unfortunately, I mean, it didn't look gruesome because it's kind of hidden underneath the shoe or the sock that he's wearing, but that super slow-mo angle showed what happened to Ibrahim. Oh, yeah. You didn't see it? Yeah, I did see it. it oh, you did? Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It looks like a rupture of yeah, something. Achilles. We can guess what it is, yeah. Yeah, it reminded you with, uh, was it Kevin Durant when he had that, when he stepped yep. and you saw that weird sort of just, Feels oh. like you're getting kicked is what they say. Feels like you're getting kicked in the back of the leg. Yeah, no thanks. They said, at least for his purposes, because he's a good player, I'd like to see him continue to play football on Saturdays and or Sundays, depending upon once he, what he wants to do for his draft stock. But uh, P.J. Flex said that's a four- to six-month recovery because the injury was clean. So they think full recovery, and he should be a full go when he comes back. That dude runs tough. I oh, don't no, no. like they, tough running backs. Yeah, no, he was he was fun to watch. Um, I listen. We've got a couple running tough right now. Yes, that was we a do. group that really impressed me. It was a group that I had question marks coming into the season. Not that they, they would be bad, but would they be counted upon to really? Can they carry the day to some degree? And man, you've got three three guys right now that you feel really good about in that backfield. So. Uh, I do want to continue to see a commitment to the run. It's such a fun way to watch football be played. It's physical. And when, you, when you're when you that kind of physical, I feel like it rubs off on your team. The one thing that we've just got to get used to in watching this offense, because it, you know, now that we're at a year zero and, and watching after a full camp at spring, it's so late developing. A lot of these runs, because oh, yeah. you're pulling guard and tackle or you're creating angles with a, you know, you're pulling an H-back essentially or in a guard, whatever these combos are to create the leverage and the angle that we need, it takes a second or two 
So you're watching the play. The ball's handed off, and you're thinking, oh, that's dead in the water. And then, bam, they're out the gate. We create angles. They're coached well. Players will get, you know, obviously the floor will get better with you bring in better, more talented, more athletic offensive linemen in the interim. Right. You, you, what you got, but you do give them opportunities. So Chris Thompson under Jimbo, the outside zone, you could see if that was going to work. That was easier to spot because you don't have any crazy action with the offensive line. They're not pulling and, and creating these things that we're talking about. You just could see the cutback lane or the hole open up and bam, there he would go. It's easy to spot in the stands. It's congested the way we do it with the pulling tackles and guards and, and pulling tight ends. And when you get a little guy who stays down low right. like, You're like that, you is that a loss him? of one? It's like, no, it's not. That's a first. Oh, he's going to go. Yeah. No, no. It, it, it requires amazing patience in a in a situation where patience is hard to find. Yep. yep. That's a, It really re- is remarkable to think about what you're waiting on there. One detail on the Corbin touchdown run was that Malik McClain, the freshman, is downfield making a chip and a block, and it made the difference because he would have gotten hawked down if that didn't happen. Beautiful thing to see. We talked about their commitment to blocking. They did it all camp. Good work out of you. Good work, Matthew. Our thanks to Ira. My thanks to all of you watching. Don't forget to watch the Smash tonight with me and Ira at 7 o'clock on War Chant TV as well as Chalk Talk. Uh, trench talk. Trench yes. talk, chalk talk. They're talking chalk anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trench talk. Sorry about that. A lot of shows. A lot of shows to keep up with. Be well, everybody.